Greetings, greetings, greetings on this Melanated Movie Monday, April 10th, 2023. Today's movie is going to be a movie that I believe will become a cult classic soon, very soon. It came out in 2020 and it was right after the big push of 2019 when it was the return what was it called the year of return when a lot of famous people as well as just regular everyday people made it their business to go to Africa to go to Africa for the first time some people moved to Africa Specifically, Ghana. Ghana was the is um, a popular gateway right now, and this movie was supposed to come out and be like a big splash in the movie theaters, but because of the pandemic, it was um, rolled out online. Either which way is a classic in my eyes and I believe as time goes on it will become a cult classic it's hilarious it's groundbreaking it's an independent film it's written and directed by a black man his name is Anwar Jameson he collaborated with a college buddy of his who is Ghanaian his name is P.Y. Ado Boateng I don't know if I'm saying his name right, so please forgive me if I'm not pronouncing it correctly. Um, It also stars Nana Ama McBrown. She's a big um, Ghanaian actress. She's big on the continent. Um, It's also starring Khalil Kane. He's from Juice Fame, which is an African-American movie that starred Tupac back in the 90s. And there's also uh, a brother by the name of Power Uhuru, and he's acting in it. It's his acting debut, but he's a strong, um, community-minded brother out of the Midwest. And it's a collaboration. It's a true collaboration between Africans on the continent and Africans in the diaspora coming together and making a movie. That's just powerful. And it was shot in America as well as on the continent of Africa in Ghana itself. And I'm watching it. I watched it back in 2020 and I'm watching it now again, 2023, after coming from my first trip to Africa, December, 2022. So it's exciting to watch it again from this perspective. Um, When I initially watched it, I was in the planning stages of making my first trip to Africa, which took a couple years to make happen. And I linked up with the best people possible to take that trip with. Um, Obey Foundation, Harmony Health, shout out. But um, yeah, this movie is definitely going to become a cult classic. So it opens with um, two brothers sitting at a diner, talking about economic investments. One brother is suited suited and booted, and um, the other brother is more casual. And the casual brother is played by Khalil Kane. The suited and booted brother is played by the writer and director of the movie, Anwar Jameson, and his name is Adrian. So Adrian, corporate brother Adrian, is listening to his brother talk about investing and the collective and how um, how it's going to work. But Adrian, the corporate brother, all he wants to know is how will he make more money? How will he become richer as an individual? And his brother is like, it's not about the individual. It's about the community owning products being able to buy wholesale, save money that way, and everybody benefits. Adrian, corporate brother, is not trying to hear that 
at all. So they are, um, they finish up their, their, um, it looks like breakfast. Um, and he makes his way to his office. Meanwhile, Khalil's, um, character is at his barber shop. And while he's in there with, um, his barbers kicking it or whatever, uh, character drives up a character power drives up his name is donnie he's a bus driver so he pulls up to get his shape up because him and his wife are about to celebrate their 10-year wedding anniversary with a trip to the motherland for the first time and for those who don't know some people in the african-american community refer to the continent of africa as the motherland and he's very excited about it. And that's big for some. For some of us in the African-American community, it is a big deal to take a trip to Africa. But not for everybody in the African-American community. Some people are very, very, very skeptical about it. Some people are scared about the idea. Some people are like not even thinking about it. They would never take a trip to Africa and they discourage others from doing so. For example, when Donnie gets into the chair and starts talking about his 10-year anniversary plans for his, his trip plans, his barber is like, motherland? Ain't your mother from Cleveland? So Donnie's like, no, I'm not talking about Cleveland, Cleveland ain't anybody's motherland. Um, he's trying to school him. We're talking about Africa. So scene cuts back to corporate brother at his office where he's flirting with every single woman he can possibly flirt with. <laughs> um, he also has um, his trainee stop by. The trainee is a white guy that he's trained for the past couple of months to um, help out in the company. The corporate brother is working at a white-owned company, and he's very, very, very proud of that. This scene, one of the scenes, this scene made me laugh so hard because, you know, he's the brother with the money. He got the money, he got the car, he got the position. He got the women that, you know, want to be in his world or whatever. So he's at work and the woman he spent time with last night surprises him. There's a pop-up at his job. <laughs> when I tell you that scene is hilarious. Yeah, I laughed hard on that. So they cut back to the barbershop where Donnie, um, Donnie's barber is steady warning him not to go to Africa I mean, his barber is super serious. Like, yo, don't go your ass over there. So the other barber is, is like, all right, calm down. Stop telling him not to go to Africa. Would you be saying that same, singing that same song if he was going to Europe? And the doubting barber was honest. And he was like, hell no. But he's not going to Europe. He's going to Africa. So Donnie, the bus driver, was like, all right. What's the difference? I'm taking a trip. What's the difference? The doubting barber fixed his mouth to say, even the mosquitoes got AIDS over there in Africa. So everybody laughs, but the barber who said that wasn't laughing because he's so serious. And he literally was singing, don't go, don't go. It's funny. I like how they put them jokes in here. It's really funny. So the brother who owns the shop tries to educate Doubting Barber. He's like, how many countries do you think there are in Africa? Doubting Barber, as expected, is like just one is Africa. But see, (laughs) what some people don't know is Africa is not a country. It is a humongous continent. There are 54 countries in the continent, on the continent of Africa. 
But Doubting Barber don't care about none of that. And he's still just trying to get his customer not to go. So they cut back um, to, I'm sorry, the um, corporate brother, Adrian, takes a break from his office and stops by the barbershop. And I just want to give a quick shout out to the art in the barbershop. And it's just striking how colorful it is. One wall is bright red. The other one is bright yellow. It got African masks. got pictures of Malcolm X. It got the herbs in the back. It got the oils. It got a djembe drum right there. It's it's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Strikingly beautiful. And you know it smells good in there. So anyway, Adrian, the corporate brother, stops by the barbershop. And they get to talking about the investments again. He he really ain't trying to hear that. Today is the day where the white corporate American establishment is going to give him a promotion. That's what he cares about right now. That's it. So they're talking and... Um, the barbershop owner is trying to tell him about black economic power in real life and making how that's going to make a difference in the black community. And Adrian is like, make a difference? I've been making a difference. Today, I'm going to be named the first black vice president in the history of the company I work for. That's making a difference. So his brother got questions because... How does that make a difference? Black people giving their time, spending their time, energy, giving away their best skills to white-owned companies is keeping things the exact same. That's the exact same status quo that it's always been since the foundation of this country. Adrian sees it as he helped them, that white-owned company, go from a little, decent, medium-sized company to becoming the number one mergers and acquisitions firm in their region and top 20 nationally. So his brother tried to help him out, tried to get real specific with him because Adrian was completely blind to the fact that he took his skills, his expertise, and helped them build up their company. There's no ownership in any of that. It's all theirs. How is that making a difference? You don't own none of that. So Adrian got real defensive. He was offended by that, and he got real defensive. So he was deflecting like, well, I own this barbershop. So there's a little tension there because they actually own the barbershop together. They're brothers, brothers, and they own that barbershop together. And everybody's telling Adrian to chill because... You know, you're getting a little hype right now talking about all of all the stuff you brought up in here. And he was like, y'all chill. He started that. I don't want to hear none of this black shit. Why he say that? To be honest, that's a that's a serious internal conflict within the African-American community because there are some people that's always on their black shit. <laughs> I'm one of those people. And then there's other people are like, they be like, don't nobody want to hear that Wakanda forever all the time. So it's like, it's an internal conflict within our community. But when he said it in that particular barbershop, they was like, that black shit, that black shit, that black shit. And I love this this line that um Khalil said to him. That means you tired of that teach me something about myself Back when our people walked with gazelles drinking fruit and nectar out of seashells, built huts on the horizon in, in earshot of Ivory Coast sea swells. And then his phone rang, so he got into the phone call. And while he's on his phone call, Adrian, corporate brother Adrian, reaffirms his stance. All he's trying to get them to understand is his definition of black power. Money is power. And to him, a black man having money is black power. And a black man having more money is more 
black power. He's rocking with that Eurocentric mindset of individualism instead of the Afrocentric mindset of operating within a collective. And we're going to see how that goes. Mm. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Okay, so I have the breakdown of the three brothers. Buck, played by Khalil Kane, is the oldest brother. He's the Afrocentric brother, although he's never been to Africa. He's tapped into his roots. He's the one that's been encouraging all three of them to take that trip. Donnie is the middle brother, the married brother with the pregnant wife. And he's the one that's about to take the trip to Africa. Adrian is the youngest brother. He's the corporate brother. So we see Donnie, the bus driver, on his route. He's working or whatever, and he gets a call from his wife, an emergency phone call from his wife, Jasmine, who is pregnant. And unfortunately, she was experiencing some pain in her legs. So she went to see her doctor, and the doctor wants him to come in so they can have a talk. So, of course, he immediately makes his way over to the doctor's office. And thankfully, the baby is okay and his wife is okay. But she's experiencing, or she may be experiencing, DVT, which is deep vein thrombosis. Blood clots that form in the veins, usually in the legs, which can happen sometimes with pregnancy, during pregnancy. But it's minor and treatable. And unfortunately, it does mean that she cannot take the trip to Africa. Which is mad devastating because that's such a big trip. So much goes into planning that kind of trip. Passports, visas, packing, planning, the airfare, the cost of the trip. It is really, truly such a big trip. And for some, it's the trip of a lifetime. Being physically healthy enough to take the trip is a factor. And the fact that she's pregnant and how long the flight is could impact her health. Like my own trip was we we uh, flew out of JFK and it was a straight flight. So that flight was 10 hours and I was fine going. But the coming back... I don't even know how long it was. I think about 16 hours because um, we had a a stopover in Paris. And, oh, my gosh, never in my life. I've never had my feet swell, my ankles swell, my calves swell. But being seated for that long, yeah, it'll affect you. It can affect you. It doesn't affect everybody, but it can affect you. So that's serious. And so, yeah, Jasmine can't go. So we cut from that scene where they're in the um, getting that devastating news and we get back to um, Adrian's job. And so his assistant comes in to let him know they're calling him into the big conference room um, earlier than he expected them to. And his assistant is so excited for him. She's telling him they want to see him before the big meeting gets started as he knocks on the door to go into the conference room, his trainee comes out, his trainee Mark comes out. And earlier when they were talking, Mark was all enthusiastic and had the bright smile for him and everything. But coming out of the conference room, he was like barely looking at Adrian and gave him like a little lackluster handshake. So from that, I felt like something was off. So he takes a seat at their table, 
as they share their big news with him. They give him praise, of course, for being one of their company's most valuable assets for such a very long time. They let him know that they didn't make this decision lightly. And as he knows, they prefer to promote from within. And they want to take advantage of the transition period that they're in by shaking things up a little bit. And then they bring up Adrian's trainee, Mark, and how incorporating his perspective And again, he's a white man. The trainee is a white man, by the way. So they want to incorporate Mark's perspective into making the company stronger. When they say that, when they make that statement, Adrian starts to frown up like, yo, hold up, we are going with this. Then they hit him with the final blow. We've decided to promote your trainee, Mark, to the vice president's position. So Adrian looks at the president directly for clarity, like, yo, what is this? And he's like, you know, this is not a reflection of how we feel about you personally or your job performance. So he's just in his office packing up. I I don't think they fired him, but he was, of course, out. Like, how do you stay after all of that? So, yeah, he left. So he's in his office packing up, and his trainee comes in apologizing, but Adrian's not mad at the trainee. He's just dealing with it because it is what it is. So they still cool. They give each other a pound or whatever. Now he's at home with his brothers sitting around the table, and they came. he has a nice house. They came over his house. Big brother Buck, middle brother Donnie, little brother Adrian. They're all sitting around the table talking about what happened during that day. None of what they thought was supposed to happen. It was supposed to be celebrating young brother being coming the first black vice president of that corporate, that white corporate job. Um, seeing middle brother Donnie off to his trip to Africa. None of that was happening. So they sitting around the table having drinks with each other, like just talking about what happened and um, Adrian didn't know about Donnie's wife, wife's situation. So they let him know that she can't go, but that she still wants Donnie to go ahead and go on the trip, like not waste the tickets. That's a lot of money. It can range between three and even $10,000 round trip, depending on the time of year that you go. Um, the more people that goes, like we had, we got good prices because it were it was a group trip. But if it's just a couple, that's easily four or five thousand dollars a piece. So, and then the accommodations and every it's a lot, it's a lot. So there's no refunds or something like that unless you got travelers insurance. But I don't know how that worked. Anyway, the wife wanted him to go ahead and go. So Adrian was like. Yo, Buck, you should go. You've been, you've been telling us to go for years. You should go. And Buck is like, I can't just pick up at the last minute and leave my barbershop for two weeks. They're going for two weeks. That's not going to happen. So Adrian's like, yeah, that's true. Who you going to get to go? So they, they looking at him. And he thinking, thinking. And they looking at him. He like, uh-uh. <laughs> nah, hell no. I ain't going to Africa. So they like, yeah. He like, no. They like, yeah. He like, no. So it was funny. That was like a little, you know, a little funny um, back and forth. But eventually, they he they get him to go. They convince him to go. And Buck, the oldest brother, encourages his brothers to go over there and represent them correctly. And they do the bro hug. Like, ah, yo, we going to Africa, yo. Ah. So... They on their way. Yeah. So we see the flight scene, the air the airplane flying over about to land at Kotoka Airport. You get to see there's a, a huge airplane that has been turned into a restaurant that's right outside of Kotoka Airport. So you get to see all of that. And it's it's just so real when you get there. And so they're outside of the airport with their luggage like, yo, we in Africa, bro. 
And that's the feeling for real, seriously. It goes from being just an abstract thought idea to something very, very, very real. It's the best feeling in the world. So Adrian's messing with his brother like, go ahead and cry. Let it out. I know you want to cry. <laughs> and then um, Donnie's like, I ain't going to cry. Then they're like, come on, let's, you know, let's make it to the hotel. It's a long flight. So we see a young taxi driver waiting just outside of the airport to pick up some passengers. And he's passing his time by flirting with a young lady, telling her about his big plans for his future. He's going to have this. He's going to have that. He's going to have people driving them around. They're going to be shipping champagne and eating strawberries. And she's laughing at him like, you just a taxi driver. And so as they're talking, he sees the two Americans out of the corner of his eye. And he like, he's like, all right, watch. I'm going to make big money. So he catches up with them and he offers to be their driver while they're in town. Um, and they nego- negotiate the price or whatever. And I love how he greets them because anytime you're in Ghana, you're going to hear a kwaba. And he says, a kwaba to Ghana, my brothers. And um, he introduces himself. Again, his name is Kofi. He's a bit aggressive with his with his push to be their one driver during their stay. But they negotiated because they're tired, like I said, and they're ready to get to their hotel. So just FYI, the hotels in Accra are actually very nice. I only stayed one night in Accra before I went to the coast where I stayed at um, the Ocean Breeze Resort. But the hotel was nice. It had a rooftop um, overlooking the city. And it was outdoor roof. Um, There was no music up there that night, but you could see the setup was really nice. There was a pool on the ground floor, really nice indoor and outdoor pool. It it was nice, very comfortable. Um, And the food. Everywhere I went, each time I had a meal, anywhere in Ghana, delicious and it was food I've never tasted before. The jollof rice, the fufu, the banku, the plantains, mm, the wachi. I'm t- food. <laughs> the food in Ghana is good. So anyway, Adrian stays flirting with every female that he sees that he's attract that finds he finds the attractive. He's flirting. So he's flirting with the front, the lady at the front desk, and he's flirting with the people passing by, whatever. Donnie, on the other hand, is a very dedicated married man. So as soon as they get settled in their hotel, he's calling his wife, of course. Adrian is ever the single ass hater. <laughs> Talking about you didn't you didn't bring sand to the beach. You brought a picture of the sand to the beach. Something crazy. But you know, they're 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 brothers, but they have these very different personalities. So you get to see the different scenes of Accra, and the brothers are in a restaurant. And so Adrian is experiencing a little culture shock because people are in the restaurant eating with their hands. Fufu and banku are two of the dishes that many people eat without using utensils. You can if you choose to, but a lot of people eat it without utensils. So Donnie gives his brother some really great advice. When in Ghana, do as Ghanaians do. Soak in the culture, man. Stop tripping. Adrian swears he can't do that shit. And then he sees a gorgeous woman doing it. And that changes his whole mind. Because they keep it clean in Ghana. They bring over these bowls and a little um, cup of soap. But the brothers aren't. They don't know what that is. And the waitress notices that they're not sure, so she describes it to them. Clean hands before you eat, so she shows them how to do it. So Adrian is caught up with the beauty of the nearby woman, and he just keeps staring at her to the point where she's super uncomfortable, like, stop what they're staring. And when their food finally comes, it is covered. When they uncover it, they set it before Donnie. 
the whole restaurant gets quiet because they were pretty obviously American. So everybody gets quiet like, all right, what they going to do? And Donnie does a great job. And he slurps it up like he's supposed to using his hands. Um, Adrian doesn't get a chance to try out the food that first lunch because he's too busy caught up with the woman that she's really, really, really beautiful. She's really pretty. And she's leaving the restaurant and he's busy trying to catch up with her. And he introduces himself to her. Her name is Akusia. And she's on her way back to work. She was just on her lunch break. And he's like, can I get your phone number? And she's like, is it that easy in America? But he's too pushy for her, so he doesn't get the number. And um, she lets him know she eats at that restaurant almost every day for lunch. So, yeah, bye. So he, she got him thinking about her as they ride around Accra, driven by Kofi, and Donnie is killing him. <laughs> like, yeah, well, too bad she don't feel the same way about you. Adrian is confident, though, that he'll get with her before the trip is over. But in the meantime, he's asking Kofi to hook him up with some of his friends, some of his girlfriends. And Kofi's like, but can you handle them? You got rhythm? The motion might be different on this side of the ocean. And Kofi got jokes. Um, There's a quick flashback to Adrian and Buck talking about going to Africa. Because Adrian didn't feel like Africans, like, you, we can't go over there talking about we Africans, too. They're not going to accept us. And Buck was like, who is they? South Africans, Kenyans, Ghanaians, Nigerians, who is they? You have to remember, this is a continent. You know how many people you're talking about? You sound crazy. So um, they back at their hotel. Kofi pulls up to his big brother's shop. The taxi service is his actually his big brother's business. And his brother is about that money, period. That's it. So Kofi, he had heard about Kofi having these two Americans in his car. And he's like, yo, where's the money? I, you should be bringing in money if you had Americans in your car. So Kofi got that on his mind. So Adrian catches up with Akusia the next day back at that same restaurant during lunch where she said she would be. And they get to talk a little more this time and she allows him to walk her back to work after her lunch break. She puts him up on hip life and high life, the music that they listen to a lot out there. And she lets him know she knows a little something about Al Green and like other American music and stuff. It turns out she's a teacher at a nearby school, a school that's nearby that particular restaurant. And she finally does give him the number. Um, Later on that day, so while he's on his way back from lunch, Donnie had set up a visit to a museum in the area. But Adrian ain't trying to go to no museum. Their personalities are really, really different. So Adrian said he's going to stay back at the restaurant bar and and get some drinks and, you know, just be in the area while Donnie goes to the museum. So Donnie gets to learn a little bit about Kwame Nkrumah. And he remembers, there's another flashback where his older brother Buck was telling him about how Kwame Nkrumah actually came to the United States for about 10 years or so, earned quite a few degrees, embraced Pan-Africanism, and then was part of the big six that was part of Ghanaians um, gaining their independence. And Ghana is actually the first African country that gained its independence from European colonizers. So... He comes back from the museum and he finds his brother caught up with some woman that he met at the bar. <laughs> Classic Adrian. So um, he's ready to hit a club that night. Kofi had told him about a club called Club Onyx. Now, Adrian is, you know, single and ready to mingle. Donnie is a happily married man about to be a father, but Adrian convinces Donnie to go to the club and they have a great time. I mean, a really, really, really good time until 
Adrian drinks way too much. He asked the bartender to give him a drink that he could only get in Ghana. And that drink hit his behind hard. So he's wild and just, and he keeps getting them. It's like he doesn't know when to say stop or no or enough is enough. So the owner of the bar is watching him like, yeah, you've had enough. Adrian, drunk as he could be, gets pretty disrespectful and they get put out. So we see them the next morning um, while they're, wa- they're waiting down in the lobby area of the hotel and he's trying to get himself together. <laughs> oh, Donnie's waiting for Kofi to pick him up and to be out and about, you know, seeing Ghana. But Adrian ain't up to none of that. He has to get his hangover together before he meets um, Acusia for lunch. And so they get to eat lunch together. And they're building a nice, a very nice acquaintance. And they're talking about the differences that they thought about each other as Africans and African-Americans um, at certain times. She just talked about how we eat <laughs> in America pretty unhealthy. And he talked about, he was embarrassed to share with her his ignorance about the continent before he came there. And she was like, no, tell me, like, what did you think it was going to be like? And he told her, he was like, we're shown Africa as just one big place where everybody is poor and hungry and sick and there aren't any hotels, there's nowhere to stay. And and then there's always genocide and everybody is getting killed. And so why would anybody ever want to go there? And that's true in a lot of ways. Well, used to be. Used to be. Hopefully, in the age of information, hopefully people will choose not to stay ignorant about Africa. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. She's like, we're so peaceful. How you feel? Do you feel at home? And he's like, yeah. You asked me how I felt before I came over here. And now I get it. They're about to um, get their eat on. It's their first time eating together. And she has fufu and he has banku. And he reaches for his utensils. But she's like, what you doing? You don't need that to eat banku. You already have your spoon. And she holds up her right hand and spreads her five fingers apart. And she said, this is your spoon, your African Ghanaian spoon. S-P-O-O-N, spoon. She shows him how to eat like Ghanaians do. Meanwhile, Kofi dropped Donnie back off at the hotel and he's at his brother's office. He be- He's back at his brother's office, the taxi, um, mechanic taxi spot. And his brother is not happy with him because he has not come back with any credit or debit cards for him. Especially after taking the two Americans to Club Onyx where they were surely getting drunk. He's like, they're drinking and swiping their card. And you didn't get that number? McCoffey really, really likes the brothers, and he just can't see himself doing that to them. And he was wanting that same thing that he saw with those two brothers to be like that with his brother, because him and his brother used to be like that when they were younger. But his brother was like, do I look like a groupie fan to you? I'm about my money. That's it. So now you get ready to get 
the car taken away from you and you're going to be back out there selling fruit on the damn, in the damn market or something. So meanwhile, Adrian and Acusia are out and about at the mall and Adrian is buying her things that she didn't ask him for, which is not her style at all. She lets him know she is not the type that thinks that because he's an American, he has money and he can give her everything. She says she has enough. She's good. And he expresses himself as well. Like, that's not what I'm doing. I'm not doing it because you expect it. I'm doing it because you're special to me and I see that. I don't need a long time to see that you're very special. So they end up spending the whole day together and end up back at her place which happens to be a very, very nice place. He notices how nice it is, and he's like, teachers must make a whole lot of money over here because this is a really nice place. But she admits that, no, they don't make that much. It's just that her daddy has money, and her daddy spends a lot of money on her. Anything she wants or needs is at her fingertips. So... They um, talk about a lot of different things, and he finds out that she was uh, married but is now divorced, and he shares with her that he's never been married, just really dedicated to his career with the plan that once he gets to a certain point, that then he would start a family, but things didn't work out that way. And she speaks to the idea that in America, there are a lot more opportunities than there are for Ghanaians. And she speaks to the difficulties of Ghanaians being able to find a job. And he he speaks to the fact that, yeah, y'all have all it. We do have opportunities over there, but we're also at, we have challenges because we don't know who we are. Y'all know your tribe, your people, where you're from. We got to get our mouths swiped with DNA swabs to find out. And so basically, there are challenges on both sides of the water. She tries, um, she lets him know that she is an Ashanti woman from Kumasi and invites him to her hometown for a visit. And so they fall asleep talking together on her couch. And that's super cute. Of course. He ends up spending the night on the couch and she takes him back to his hotel the next day. He lets his brother know how much he really, really, really likes this woman. And that he's just there to take a shower and change his clothes because she's coming back to get him again. And Donnie's like, it's like that? And Adrian's like, yep, you are on your African journey and I'm on mine. So Donnie shares that he's been trying to call Kofi all day, but he's gotten no response. So for his out and about journey today, he's going to have to get a cab. So they both go downstairs because Adrian's going to meet Akusia and um, Donnie's going to get a cab. But when they get downstairs, they see Kofi. And Kofi is super stressed over having had his cab taken away from him and he lets Donnie know the truth about what was going on how him and his brother kind of scam tourists not kind of they scam tourists and sometimes he does help his brother do that but he didn't want to do that with Donnie so Donnie was real disappointed but he was like yo you don't got your car but I don't know my way around so let's just walk it let's just show me around on foot and they do that they just go out and about on foot, which is pretty cool. So Adrian um, is back out and about with Akusia, and he hit his brother Buck up on the phone. And Buck was like, okay, you finally calling me? You you having a good time? I heard you was out there being, you know, Mr. Lover Lover. And he was like, yeah, I'm at her house right now. She's cooking. I'm just calling to let you know that I that I looked at your business plan all the way through, and I'm willing to invest in it. Because I'm learning the mindset of changing I to we. And when it's we, we can do anything. We can figure anything out. So he's in with his brother on the investment tip, which is real cool. So time passes and the two weeks is almost up. 
And she shares with him that in the past, she had gotten accepted to a PhD program in America, but she didn't want to go. She didn't want to leave her mother. She really didn't want to do all of that. But he encourages her to do it now that, you know, she has an American connection because they really don't want to leave each other. They're just getting to know each other. And if she gets into the PhD program or if she pursues it, they can have time together. She can still pursue her career, but they also can have more time together. So it's late night at her house again. He's been staying over there the whole time and um, sleeping on the couch. So he was like, it's late. You got to go to work tomorrow. I'm on vacation, but you got to go to work. So just give me my pillow and my blanket and I'm going to hit the couch. And she was like, there you go, thinking you know what I'm going to say. So um, not only is he going to meet her parents before he leaves, he's also going to get to sleep in the bedroom instead of on the couch before he leaves. (laughs) So um, the next day after work or whatever, they pull up at her parents' house. And before they go in, he asks her, like, what kind of work does your father do? His house is crazy, even nicer than hers, of course. Um, she says that her father's a businessman. He's into real estate and nightclubs and he hosts events and he just has plenty of houses. And lo and behold, when they get into the house, her father is the owner of the club <laughs> where Adrian was acting a damn fool. So dad doesn't reject him right away. He doesn't blow up the spot. Neither one of them says anything. He gives them a chance to sit down and eat with the family. But at a certain point, he brings up how obnoxious Americans can be rude and loud and obnoxious. All of the things Adrian displayed in the club. So she breaks up the conversation. She just thought her dad was being rude. But she breaks up the conversation. She's like, (laughs) mom, dad. Remember years ago when I got accepted to the PhD program? I'm going to go ahead and and pick up those studies again. And her father, oh, he just, ooh, it was written all over his face. He was like, no, that was definitely the straw the camel was not having up on his back. And he spilled all the beans. How Adrian was a lustful, wannabe womanizer, lusting after every single girl in the club just last week. He told her how Adrian left with a girl who leaves the club every night with a different man every night. He let his daughter know, you're just the next one in line. So Adrian's like looking at her like, that's not exactly how it went. So she's like, okay, look me in my eyes and tell me that since you've been in Ghana, you haven't been with anybody else. So he couldn't say that. He wasn't with that girl the night at the club. They left together, but nothing happened. The girl left and he left. They, he was too drunk and his brother took him home. But when he first, first got there, there was a young lady at the bar that he did take up to the room. But that was not <laughs> the time and place to explain that it was before they started seeing each other. So... When she asked him, look in my eyes and tell me you haven't been with anybody, any other woman since you've been in Ghana. And he just looked at her like, and that was her answer. His silence was her answer. He he cared about her too much to lie to her. So he didn't just say anything. Boy, she ran up out of that dining room. Both her parents ran behind her, left him sitting at the table, jacked up. Then mother and father came back. In the dining room, and was like, it's time for you to go. Dad was like, I called you a cab. Please wait out on the porch for the cab. Oh, God. They put him all the way out. Okay. So he was leaving in anyway. It was almost time to leave um, and go back home. So he's sitting at the hotel with his brother just messed up of course she's not answering her phone he's calling her back to back he's about to leave the country and he just didn't want to 
even if they never spoke again, at least ended on a respectful note. At least, you know. So he didn't get a chance to talk to her. He he was like, please, let's stop by her house before. And his brother's like, yo, we got to get on the plane. Our plane's about to, you know, we got to go. But they swung by her house. And she has the, the type of um system where you can see the person's face. So she looked at him saying, like, open the door, yo, whatever. And she didn't come out. So they go to the um airport. They, you know, get in their flight or whatever. But she thinks about it, too. Like, he's gone. If he's gone, now he's gone for good. So she gets in her, her Jeep or whatever, and she tries to make it. But when she gets there, she asks um, somebody that works at the airport, um, did the flight going to New York leave? And unfortunately, the, the flight had left. So she's, like, destroyed or whatever. She gets back in her car, and she, you know, drives home. And when she pulls up, he's at the door. How cute. How cute is that? And he was like, you know, I couldn't just leave like that. I couldn't just leave like that. So he ends up staying. So two weeks later, that you see them two weeks later, he's FaceTiming his brothers, and they're at the barbershop. So they're like, um, talking about the building, everything's starting to, you know, the business plan is in place. And they're on FaceTime with um, Akusia and both the brothers. And then they say, it's A on the phone from Africa. Now, Doubtful Barbara was like, oh, that's you? And he like, yeah, that's me. Doubtful Barbara want to know if she got any sisters. Now he want to get his behind on a plane and go to Africa. Um, to Ghana specifically. So it's just, that was a sweet ending to the movie. And dun, 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 dun. recently, this year, Coming to Africa Part 2 was finished, filmed and finished. So I'm looking forward to that. It hasn't come out yet, but I will definitely be sharing it on my channel. Good movie. Check it out. Melanated Movie Mondays. Word.